0: What's up everybody, happy Monday. Just a quick heads up before we dive into today's podcast uh, because today is the last day you can sign up for the Get Paid for Your Pet VIP success program. So this is a program I launched to celebrate my arrival in the United States where uh, we'll be working together for the rest of 2020. Twenty three, it is um, to really uh, help you either increase your revenues, uh, expand your portfolio, or free up time in your business. I, can, I think I can really help you with that. Uh, I've priced that program at a very attractive uh, cost. If you want to have more information about it, go to slash VIP. So, again, today is the last day that I am uh, allowing people to join this program. This is a one time program. I'm excited to work with you. So, check it out slash VIP. And who knows, we we'll, might have our first goal this week to get to know each other and uh, your goals for 2023. And we'll work on helping you achieve that. So, uh, again, slash VIP. Now, on to the podcast. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, we're talking about business acquisition, inventory acquisition, and who better to talk to than the world's biggest expert on this topic, Mr. Brooke Fouts. Uh, Brooke, welcome to the show.
1: Jasper, thanks, man. Appreciate, uh, appreciate being here.
0: I'm sure we probably don't have to in- introduce you because uh, you know, I'm sure most people already know you, but why don't you give us a quick uh, quick introduction?
1: Yeah. So I've just been in the short-term vacation rental space since 2007. Uh, launched a company called Vantage Resort Realty in Ocean City, Maryland. Grew that company to from zero to 500 properties in five years. Sold it in 2013 and had various other leadership roles within the short-term rental space. Most of it around inventory acquisition, um, You know, growing up, uh, growing more properties. Um, and then about four years ago, I launched a company called Ventory. And Ventory is the first and only sales and marketing platform that helps Helps you get more inventory, more properties in your rental program.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm excited to dive into this. this is a question that uh, comes up quite a lot from, uh, from listeners is, how do we get more units? How do we get more management clients, right? Now, I know there's a whole, you have a whole process and there's, you know, we could talk about this for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what's, you know, for those, for those out there who, who want to get some more management clients, like what, what is like the first step for them to take?
1: Man, it's, uh, there's, uh, there's a whole system obviously that we built that does this and it's a pretty in depth. I mean, we've got 50 people on our team that, that help do this. It's, uh, it's one part data. It's one part technology. Uh, and then obviously one part, uh, marketing. But I mean, the, the first place that we always recommend, uh, you go is if you want to build an outbound channel, is it really starts with data. Fifty percent of all marketing really just comes down to your list. So you know, where do you go out and and get that data? There's a couple different sources. Um, You know, one is going out there. The the quickest, easiest way to do it is just go to a list broker. There's a million different list brokers out there. There's Info USA. There's Exact Data. There's Melissa Data. Again, there's tons of them out there. Um, Just Google it. Uh, But a couple things you want to look for when you are getting the data is you're looking for absentee records. Typically, absentee uh, owner records are are where the property address and the owner's address are different, which is usually a good indicator of a real estate investor. Um, and then the second thing you want to look for when you kind of look at some of these list brokers is make sure they have the ability to do appending services, uh, or you find another third-party service that can do those appending services. And what that means is you can give them their property address their, their, uh, or the, their mailing address where they live and where they reside, and then they can do a, kind of a reverse append to get their emails and phones and contact information. So that's really the baseline right there. I mean, there's tons of other places you can go to get data. You can scrape the OTAs. You can scrape Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com. You can scrape uh, your competitors. You can scrape your competitors that were just purchased by some of these large venture-backed companies. Um, you know, But the, the, you can get vacation rental permit data, which is another great source. But typically, the quickest, easiest, best place to start is just go out there and get a list broker to get some some data and uh, kind of identify your your ICP, your ideal customer profile.
0: When you say data, like, wh- what kind of data can you get from these lists?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on the, the specific city. But I mean, sometimes you can get pretty amazing data. Like if you start just from a um, list broker, you can get house value, you can get um, if it has a pool, you can get, uh, you know, square footage, get how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, um, and that's typically the basics. Uh, but when you start you know, getting into some more additional information, so if you go out there and get a vacation rental permit list. So if, if your city, county, or township requires a vacation rental permit, there is a list out there that you can get. And if they push back, just mention these four words, Freedom of Information Act, and they are required to give you that list. So sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes you can go and download it straight from their website. Sometimes you got to go down to the county courthouse and brown the little old lady behind the counter with brownies and cookies and Maybe if she's lucky, she'll give it to you on a CD-ROM or something like that. But you can go out there and, and get some of these lists, and then you overlay it. Some of those those data lists, you can get some additional features. Um, if you're able to, you know, scrape or hire somebody uh, that can scrape that data off of, you know, call it Verbo and Booking.com uh, or Airbnb, you can then append it. So now think about how robust this database is. You've got all the information from from the OTAs, you got all the information from the vacation rental permit uh, list, and you got all this in for public records from the county courthouses, and then you've appended it to get emails and phones. It can be pretty extensive, uh, um, and you can get some pretty pretty solid information. It's just a matter of how much time and effort you wanna put into this, and, and how accurate, and how how precise you want that list to be.
0: When I hear the word scraping, like one thing that always comes to my mind is, uh, is, is that the like, like, are you are we allowed to like scrape sites?
1: My understanding is it is uh, legal. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't think we would have uh, companies like AirDNA. I don't think you know they would have had that huge investment. Uh, key Data Dashboards does some. I know they have a direct pipeline, but they have a lot of scraping technology as well. I don't think these uh, large private equity companies would invest you know dozens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars into them if they didn't do their due diligence. If it wasn't uh, legal.
0: <laughs> Good point. Um, cool. So. How those lists, by the way, like what? How, how much money do we have to invest in to get this type of data?
1: I mean, it depends on how much. I mean, so you can, I mean, some look, some, some of these you can go straight to like Florida, for example. You can go straight to property appraiser and download for free. Now, sometimes it's challenging. Uh, you can only download one record at a time and that's just not feasible. But if um, some of these list brokers, you can pay anywhere from $0.08 to $0.25 per record. It also depends on how much appending you want to do and get you know emails. If you start going out there and pay somebody to scrape, you know, I'd recommend going to Fiverr or Upwork and just hiring somebody uh, that can scrape some of those uh, data. I mean, you can get somebody sometimes in India or Pakistan for you know five hundred bucks to do it. Um, you know, if you have some some skills and you kind of coach them on it, uh, sometimes you can just go out there and, and pay you know a lot more for it. it just depends on on what you get, but um, it. It it varies. It really does. It just depends on how in-depth you really want to get. But I would say just from the list brokers, you, you know, plan on spending anywhere from like $0.08 cents to $0.25 cents, and then maybe, you know, a little bit more money if you want to start getting emails and phones and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So now we got the data. Um, what's, a, what's the next step?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, the first thing I always say is build a website. <laughs> if you don't have a website, mm-hmm. go ahead and build a website. At a minimum, build a landing page. Build a, you know, go to... Um, Unbounce is a great landing page builder where you can build really well-designed landing pages that are designed to convert um, for you know under hundred bucks a month. And you can have that just for you know again, this is just for getting new inventory. I'm not talking about guest marketing strategy. Um, what I would then recommend you know so build out a right really nice landing page. That's kind of the first you know, part of the funnel. Get a good CRM. You know, there's tons of CRMs out there. There's HubSpot, there's Salesforce, there's Zoho. Um, shameless plug, ventory. we built a CRM from the ground up specifically to be used for inventory acquisition with all the, the triggers and the workflows and, and stages and all the copies already written and embedded in there. But uh, HubSpot is a great place to start. You can get a great CRM for free. That really helps you out. Now, be careful because, you know, they'll, they'll get their, their fangs in you pretty quickly. And before you know it, you're spending 2400 bucks a month on a killer CRM, but it's, uh, they, <laughs> they have a way of uh, upgrading it, but they do have a, their, their free version is pretty good too. So that'd be the first part. Um, from there, I mean, there's, we, we call it kind of the omni-channel marketing. It's more of an outbound marketing channel. Uh, yeah, and what we recommend is there's a couple of thing, different one strategies, and I'll go over each one of these, but the first is direct mail. Um, there's email, uh, there's list-based uh, retargeting or list-based targeting through like uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then you can even do, um, if you want to be a little bit more um, proactive, you can get some like IP type targetings uh, as well. So direct mail uh, still works. Uh, the vacation rental industry is one of the few industries where where direct mail still works. Um, part of the, the the number one recommendation I can give you with direct mail is consistency. Uh, I would much rather send 1,000 postcards six times over the course of a year than just dumping 6,000 postcards all at one time. I mean, it takes that repetition People are in different phases of the buyer journey. You gotta hit them when they're ready to do it. Um, and and it, I mean, I've heard it sometimes takes seven to ten times of being in front of somebody before they actually recognize your your logo and recognize your name and things like that. So um, definitely re- recommend doing di- direct mail multiple times, multiple touch points. Very often when we 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 pitch people on the you know we we kind of go through our strategy. We talk about how direct mail is a big part of the strategy, the omni-channel. They say, oh, I tried it once. I sent a direct mail piece out. I didn't get one call. Well you got to be consistent mm. with it. You got to continue to do yeah. it. Um, another one is email. Email actually works. I mean, this is a f- fantastic one. Uh, but it's, we're not talking about you know constant contact or MailChimp type of you know, pretty emails. It's very simple. Very Just get, ask for a very light lift. Don't, if, the longer the, your email is, the worse the response is going to be. Very, very short. Ask them for something. Just, hey, we've identified your property. We think it'd be a great property in our uh, management program, would it be okay if I sent you a rental projection? Something as simple as that, um, believe it or not, and it's just you're asking for those little lifts., uh, we have a partner, one of our partners in Kauai. first email campaign he sent out. He got three response, three deals from average gross booking revenue was one hundred thousand dollars per property. So he just generated three hundred thousand dollars in annual gross booking revenue from one email campaign. Um, and I would also recommend don't use you know your your regular email. Um, use something like, <laughs> um, there's plenty of different services out there that can, you know, ensure that those emails, Mailshake is one of them, uh, make sure your emails are getting delivered and they're going into the inbox and not the spam bot box. Um, another strategy we've had a lot of luck with is, uh, what's called list-based targeting. Um, and this, you know, you can do this on, um, Facebook, you can do this on Instagram. You can even do it on like LinkedIn and Twitter. This is where, you know, you've gone out there, you've identified your targets, You've, uh, you've gotten their emails and phones. And this is one of the reasons it's really important because that's how these companies are identifying you. When they ask you for your ce- cell phone, it's not for uh, you know, third party or for uh, verification purposes and things like that. It might be, but the other part is it's almost like your social security number. It's your unique identifier. So now they can target specifically to you. So if you have their cell phone number, you have their email, you can really target them. Um, and now they're seeing your ads uh, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Um, and again, if you do this in an omni-channel approach where you're hitting them all at the same time, think about it, they just saw your ad on Facebook. They just got an email from you and then they go to their uh, mailbox and they got a uh, postcard in your in your mailbox. It's like, man, these guys are freaking everywhere. It's just, it, it helps accelerate it a little bit, especially when you identify those really, those high value targets that you want to go after. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, um, just, you know, this is a strategy some some people do, it's uh, IP targeting. So again, you're getting your ta- your target addresses and then, and you can match anywhere between forty and sixty percent of the IP addresses, uh, typically. And then you're serving up ads as they're surfing the web. So millions of websites, like you know, it could be you know ESPN, Weather Channel, CNN, Fox News, whatever happens to be, you can kind of serve up those ads directly to them. And they're like, man, these guys are absolutely everywhere. Maybe I should, maybe I should reach out to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, you know the short rental industry is just like any industry. We need to have a, a funnel. Right a, a marketing funnel where it's like, okay, we need traffic to go to a website and then we need to convert that traffic into getting in touch with them <clears throat> um, and then we need to close, right We need to we actually wow. close the deal well that's that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought
1: that up because the number one factor that we see in all of this like you know it look, you know, I can give you all the pretty, t- you know, uh, landing pages and postcards and things like that. But if you don't pick up the freaking phone, it doesn't do you a lick of good. You know, we, <laughs> we actually went out and secret shopped 100 uh, property managers, inquired about uh, their property management services. And you know how many times they actually picked up the phone? 34% of the time. 34% of the time. Two thirds of the times they didn't even pick up the phone. When we left a message, they only called us back 57% of the time. So it means like the vast majority of these leads are going untouched. It reminds me of a quote from Woody Allen. It's like, 80% of success is just showing up. You know, it's like, it, it's, it, it blows my mind. You know, you'll go out there and you'll, you'll uh, secret shop these companies and they don't even reach out to you. And so it's like, even if you just respond <laughs> in a quick, ti- timely manner, uh, you, you have a much better uh, opportunity of doing it. I think there was a, and I'm going to massacre the stats here, see if I can remember this off the top of my head. There was a guy named Mark Roberge. Mark Roberge was a former chief uh, revenue officer at HubSpot. He was like employee number three there. Um he said if you direct with a lead if you connect with a lead immediately or within ten minutes, you are ten times uh, more likely to close it than waiting, um, than waiting just one hour. Um and you're like ten thousand times more likely to close it if you wait one day. So speed and responsiveness when it, in the end is probably the the number one factor in closing these things. So respond to <laughs> respond quickly or make sure you minimum have you know, some kind of marketing automation software like HubSpot has or or even the inventory platform has that can respond to these leads really, really quickly.
0: You know, it's kind of funny because we're in hospitality and everybody knows if you get an inquiry for for booking, everybody knows the faster you respond, the better the yep. chance of locking down the booking, right? Um, and I think well. I feel like most and most hosts are really good at that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure like if you send if you send a booking inquiry to all those people that you secret shop, they'll probably get back to you on the booking. Way faster,
1: but not on the owner. Yep. It, it's, it's almost like the owner acquisition becomes like a, it's an afterthought. Like whenever I see, I see so many of these companies build these beautiful websites and it's all geared for the guest, which is great. You need to do that. But the owner side, you know, getting new properties in your pr- program is an afterthought. And it shouldn't be because really that's the most important lever that you can pull out of all the levers out there. Getting new inventory is the ultimate lever. I mean, getting, I want to, I'm going to offend some people on the guest marketing side, but getting guests in my mind is easy. You know, getting the owners is the hard part. If you get the owners, you'll ultimately ultimately get the guests. Um, and that's where, um, you know, that, again, that's the, that's the most impactful lever you can pull.
0: Right. So let's, let's move in further into the funnel, right? So we're getting people to our website. Um, let's talk a little bit about conversion, right? Mm-hmm. As, so somebody lands on the website. How do we get that person to take action and you know fill out our contact form or get in touch with us somehow?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first thing is having a really well-designed landing page. Um, so we actually have published, if anybody emails me, Brooke, at ventori.com happy to share it with you we have a it's a seven key messaging building blocks and it's a it's an interactive workshop uh, worksheet that helps you kind of build out what those are but these are the seven key messaging building blocks need to be in all your marketing for new owners Uh, the first thing is usp what's your unique selling proposition what is the one thing that sets you apart that makes you unique that nobody else can say well let me back up even before i get there it really a lot of it comes down to uh, it comes down to imagery. You got to have really good images uh, out of the gates. That is your brand. This is your virtual store. Uh, make sure you're kind of highlighting your properties and yourself really, really well. So, first up is again uh, from the seven key messaging building blocks is that USP, unique selling proposition. Then we talk about features and benefits. What are the key features and benefits that make up your rental program? Here's a key point though you might be doing things that everybody else is doing, for example, revenue management. But if nobody else is highlighting it, like, and you highlight it, you're the star. So highlight it, highlight that feature, highlight the benefit and how it benefits them. Um, big fan of trust icons. Uh, trust icons would be, you know, if you're an Airbnb super host, put it on there. If you're a, a Verbo premier partner, put it on there. If you're a Better Business Bureau A plus rating, highlight it. If you've got 4.9 stars on Google My Business, like, highlight that. Like, these are like subconsciously, they help establish like trust and credibility at, at that like that subconscious level so put it on there um social proof get some quotes get some testimonials from other owners ideally it look they look and feel like them your target you're going after so if you're doing you know, like any kind of micro targeting you have like micro landing pages for specific communities or buildings which is a strategy that i absolutely recommend that's one of the ones one of the main strategies i was able to build my company to 500 properties under management um, I would do that, but have those quotes and those testimonials from people that live in that building. Don't have them in different market, different area. Uh, have it, you know, and even mention their, the building that they're in or the community or the unit number they're in if you want. Um, what's your compelling offer? You got to have some kind of compelling offer. My, my acid test for compelling offer is somebody standing over the trash can. You just sent out a direct mail piece and they're reading your uh, postcard. And they're just, you know, what's going to make them set it aside and not drop it in the trash can? So what is it? Or if they're going back to your example from before, they're on the web page, they're going through it, and they look at, uh, you're, you're just flipping through it real quick. What uh, makes them stop and they want to fill out that form, which is a great segue into the next one, CTA, call to action. Every marketing piece you need to ha- you have has to have some kind of call to action. It could be text. It could be fill out this form. It could be uh, call this number. Give them make it super simple. Lead them exactly to what you want them to do. What you want them to do on that CTA. Um, and then the last but not least is risk reversals. Make it. I mean, infomercials are you know famous for doing this. You know, make it so simple where they're they're like an idiot not to to sign up, or at least just kind of like reach out. Um, you know. Uh, you know, no startup fees. I mean, I hear of all these companies that have crazy onboarding fees and they make the onboarding process super complicated. They, they lock them into long-term contracts. Like I, I go the antithesis of that. Go the opposite way. Make it reduce friction in the buying process. Make no contracts. Uh, make it um, uh, no sign-up fees. Even give them some kind of satisfaction guarantee. I mean, Evolve actually did this where you can actually sign up with Evolve. They, this is probably a great example of a, a risk reversal you can sign up with Evolve and you can cancel and you can get 100% of your money back. Um, I mean, it's so what, what a great risk reversal when you hear it that way. You're like, what's, what do I have to lose? Um, now, if you read the fine print, it gets a little different. It's like you got to cancel between month six and seven and you got to do all <laughs> these other, you know, you got to jump through all these other hoops. But the risk reversal sure sounds good on their landing page for sure.
0: Mm. Um, one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, when you talk about call to action, um, we can drive people to the to a website, and you know one thing that I think is really important is like understanding like what what's that person that lands on our page looking for, yeah. You know, what's their need? What's the one thing that would you know get their attention, right? And making sure that that one thing is in their face. Above the fold, like that's the first yep. thing that they see in your website, right? and yeah. I, I don't know I've, from, from what I've seen from most websites, from the people that in our in our mass minds our student groups is find out how much your property could make on Airbnb. That seems to be like a very yep. strong versus like you know get this report or contact us. What are your thoughts on that? That if
1: I thought you were going to ask me that, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Rental projections is what people really want. That's really what they care about: is how much is my property going to earn? So even that's part of the call to action. Don't just say you know inquire, click here. Like you know, learn how much your property will earn. You know, in the call to action, give it you know, make it uh, some kind of action. Um, Another thing you can do, and we've had a lot of uh, success with this, is actually creating some interactive content. So actually creating an interactive calculator that helps kind of uh, estimate what it'll do. So I'm not talking about, I know AirDNA has some tools you can do, but the last thing I want to do is kind of give them a number that's not very accurate and it's based on AirDNA's data. And I've done some estimates. I mean, if, you know, I've seen some of the AirDNA's, uh, you know, tools out there and I love AirDNA. Don't give me, you know, (laughs) I don't want to give them a bad name, but obviously they do a great job. But, um, you know, I've seen, I plugged my property in there and it's nowhere close to what I'm doing. So if I were, if I were to see that on a landing page and they said that, you know, my property will only do 40,000, but yet I'm doing 80,000, um, I'm probably going to go to the next company. So we actually uh, build out for a lot of our partners, we build out these interactive um, calculators. And these are using your data, your information that you can enter in based on the information you have about the market. Um, and this becomes a great lead magnet, a great way to get, uh, get leads it can give them kind of a really, they just have with sliders, they put it in number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, kind of view quality, things like that, location, and it'll tell you uh, an estimate of what the property will earn. And it's again using your data, your information, and it's a great way to just kind of drive some traffic there. You can build out some uh, co branded ones, uh, give this out to realtors, build them out for realtors in your market. Um, it's a great source of, uh, of leads. And then if they want to get more information, a more in depth uh, breakdown of the the, the numbers, they can just click on the, you know, inquire, you know, get, get a detailed, uh, uh, breakdown of the, uh, perform on rental projections. Um, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a great, great way to do it.
0: Yeah. And then the next step, uh, you know, you mentioned it already, but like if somebody comes to your website and you have that, you know, you have that call to action right in the middle of the screen. So you can't miss it. And it says, find out how, how much your, your property could make, mm-hmm. um, and they click it, they can put in their, their name, their phone number. So then the the most, very most important thing that you mentioned is we have to call that person as soon as possible, right? Yep. Even waiting 10, 15 minutes could lose us the the lead.
1: Because they're going down and they're just, they're, they're, (laughs) they're, they're going to all the different websites and they're just uh, filling in their information to everybody. So a lot of times it is just who's the first one that calls. And as long as you, um, don't trip up and you give a good uh, proposition, you're, you're more likely to close than anyone else. I mean, I mean, I'll give you one, um, one tool that we leverage uh, that really helps our partners with this. Um, and there's some other, I think you can do this with some other other CRMs, but we actually have a, what's called a hot call transfer. So within the Ventory platform, again, it's a CRM and marketing automation platform. And again, there's other systems that do this. But as soon as they fill out that, uh, that lead, it actually does a hot call transfer directly to whoever you identified as your business development rep. So it could be you, it could be somebody on your team that's handling those. And then so we see from the phone, hey, this is a Ventory hot lead. You know, no matter where you are, if you're at lunch or whatever, it doesn't matter. You pick it up and you answer that damn phone because again, speed and responsiveness is one of the most important things. So, um and like I said, HubSpot has some integrations uh you can do uh as well that do that exact same thing, but uh, highly recommend it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're on the phone with this with this person who came to our website, put in their info. How do what's the best way to approach that conversation?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing is la- ask lots of questions. Learn as much as you can about them. Um, learn as much as you can about the property. And it, you're doing a couple things here. The, the first is, you know, I, I would say is you're you're, you're going to make sure that they're a good fit for you. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I found, I actually interviewed 52 uh, professional vacation rental management companies, and one of the top mistakes that they made when I asked them to identify their top 10 mistakes one of the top mistakes they made was taking on the wrong property owners, and the, or the wrong owners and the wrong properties, especially in the early days. In the early days you're racing, and I did the same thing. I was racing to try to get as many, I have really aggressive goals that I wanted to hit, and most of it was related around inventory on the start. And there's nothing worse than getting a, you know married to an owner uh, that is really just uh, abusive and toxic to your t- entire team, uh, or the property just isn't a good fit. So the first thing is you're really kind of, it's a two-way interview and you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you and making sure that it's a good fit. Once you've identified and you feel like it is a good fit, it's a good property, um, then it's really just, you know, highlighting, you know, again, asking lots of questions. The one of the favorite questions I always ask if, especially if they were in another rental program, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? You know, what are what are those key things that you would want if you could uh, you know create the ideal property management uh, uh, program, what does it look like? Have them tell you exactly what they're looking for. Maybe they're focused 100% on money. They don't care about the maintenance so much. Maybe it's the opposite. I mean, I had when we were managing some properties in, in Captiva Island, we had this, you know, this guy was a billionaire and he was renting out his house and he only went out there once or twice a year and he's like, it just felt like it was uh, this asset that was being unused, but he didn't care about the money so much, he just wanted to offset some of his his taxes. Um, but he really cared about the property care. He really cared about the maintenance of it. So let them tell you what's important to them. And then you can go back to your, you know, I talked about this before in the seven key messaging building blocks, you go back to your features and benefits, and then you don't have to highlight each one. You just highlight those key features and benefits that they just told you were really important to them.
0: Hmm. That's great advice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this because (laughs) Yes, <laughs> almost every everybody that joins our programs, if they manage other people's properties, it's almost always like they they have like one or two of clients, and oh, yeah. one of the first things that they bring up is like, okay, I got these clients, he's looking over my shoulder all the time, like calling me on my phone, like just a huge pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. What do I do? Because I'm making money, but. So it's so funny, like almost without exception, everybody Every, has those couple clients.
1: Everyone. And I, like I said, I did this, I interviewed 52 people and uh, it was the, probably the number one mistake that everybody mentioned was uh, taking on the wrong property owners and taking on the wrong properties. Um, it was just, <laughs> it, it, but they all learned it. And, uh, you know, look, it's tough in the early days, you know, when you, you're you struggling to, you know, cover payroll, you're struggling to pay your expenses and you need inventory. And, you know, look, I did the same thing. I mean, I took everything I could get in the beginning and it ended up backfiring on me huge. Um, And then we finally established, you know, we identified in in Ocean City, Maryland, that's a nine mile strip of sand. There's, you know, 20,000 condos. And we quickly established that there was, you know, probably five or six buildings that we really wanted to focus on. These were all new construction, higher rentals, you know, oceanfront type properties. Um, And it was just so much easier to maintain and manage. Uh, obviously, when you're just doing it out of five and six uh, buildings, as opposed to, you know, dozens and dozens of buildings up and down Coastal Highway.
0: So with those initial, like, headache clients, like, how did you manage that? Did you contact them and kind of set expectations and told them, like, hey, this is how we're going to work together going forward? Or did you just, like, fire them right away?
1: Yeah, great question. So the good news, bad news of Ocean City, Maryland, or Maryland in general is you actually have to get a, a new rental agreement signed every year, at least you did back then. So every single year, we actually had to go out and get every one of our uh, owners to renew. And what we would do, we actually went through a, a process where at the end of the season, we would go through with my entire team, we bench strength all of our properties. We bench strength them on uh, three categories. Uh, the, the revenue brought into the company, with um, the maintenance tickets and customer complaints, guest complaints. Um, and then we, the last one was what we call the PETA factor, the pain in the ass. So the pain in the ass owners. So we had this, we bench drank it. And what we did is it was kind of like a green, yellow, red system. So the bottom 10% was red. And I think it might have been like, I don't even know how we kind of split it up. Maybe it was like 30% and the remainder in, the, uh, in green. But uh, we would go through. And if anybody was all in red across the board, no questions asked, we did not bring them back. We did not invite them, so we just we sent them a letter that says, you know, dear Mister uh, Jones, uh, you know, we've decided, you know, we've evaluated our portfolio, we've decided not to renew our contract with you next year. We wish you the best luck. And We gave them a couple other companies that we recommended uh, that they can call. So that was the easy ones. Where it got a little bit challenging was maybe you had one one of the three was red. One the worst was when you had the you know the the income to the uh, company was a green and then the PETA factor was a red. And then it was more of a discussion uh, between the team on what to do. Um, sometimes it was more of like maintenance related. Uh, you know, we would just, we would actually send it back and we did, uh, it was more of a contingency. So we said, look, we'd love to have you back in the rental program. These are the contingencies we need to see completed. We need you to upgrade that, you know, grandma's attic uh, couch. We need you to upgrade all your bedding. We need to upgrade your mattresses in the master bedroom and so on. Um, and then it was more of a contingency, contingency basis that, like I said, the ones that was a little bit more challenging was when they were, you know, green on everything except for the PETA factor. And then sometimes you just, it takes it like hitting them between the eyes and just let them know that. And it's, it's amazing that you, um, you'd be surprised. Sometimes they respond pretty well to it and they just don't know it. Uh, sometimes they, it's just who they are. It's in their nature and they're not going to fix. They're not going to change.
0: Yeah. And in the end, it's, it's hard, especially in the beginning, because like, you know, if it's a big uh, revenue stream, yeah. you know, like you have to make a decision of, okay, am I going to deal with this? I'm going to try to reset expectations and, you know, manage it or I'm going to opt out of that income. Right. Um, yeah. But you feel like you feel like over the long term, it's going to hurt more to keep working with them versus like dropping the income. It, I mean,
1: it, it, look, every situation is unique. I mean, there's different, it's, you know, different scales of where they are on the spectrum. Um, you know, it just depends on how toxic they are. But, you know, as you grow and as you get more inventory and the, the worst thing you can do, though, and I've seen it before, is like you're actually losing team members. When you start losing good team members because of a toxic owner, um, get rid of them. It's not worth it. You know, I mean, think about it. You could have, you know, 100 properties in your rental portfolio and you have that. Ninety nine of them are fantastic. But you get that one you get that one jerk. You know what I mean? That's all you think about it. You think about the responses that they sent to you. You think about the emails. You think about the calls. Like that's all you're focused on. And it's, you know, it's, um, again, it just depends on where you are you're in your business. But I, I say it's, personally, it's not worth it. But it's uh, yep. easy for me to say when I, I made the same mistake too.
0: <laughs> I feel like everybody makes that mistake. Yeah. Um, so um, just to kind of wrap this up, you mentioned you interviewed 52 managers and asked them the top 10 mistakes right the number one mistake yeah. was uh, the onboarding wrong the wrong clients like what what is uh, the top the next one the number two and number three
1: yeah so yeah so this was kind of a cool series it happened kind of uh, haphazardly I just I read some you know something on LinkedIn where something like SaaS where they're talking about somebody to establish their top 10 mistakes so I was like yeah oh, that's pretty cool so I, I texted it to like four of my buddies that own vacational management companies and I said hey What are your top 10 mistakes? And each one of them actually responded. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. This is great content. So I actually pushed it out on LinkedIn and it ended up becoming like an entire series. So for 52 days straight, I shared uh, the top 10 mistakes that each one of these professional vacation role managers made. And then what I realized was, I mean, I went to a conference and somebody came to me and said, Brooke, this is the most incredible material I've ever seen. I'm actually printing every one of these out and I'm creating my own book. And I was like, man, I think I got something here. And I just had many people come up to me and say this. So actually, I'm turning this all this great content into a book. Um, and it's going to be released here uh, later on in the summer. But um, yeah, so to, long-winded answer to get to your, uh, your question. So I'll just talk about like in, in the, t- the top 10 in general. So the first one, again, was taking on the wrong owners uh, and the wrong inventory. Uh, the next one was actually, and you'll appreciate this, was networking, conferences, uh, um, masterminds, And local competition, meaning like not kind of partnering up, extending an olive branch to your local competitors soon enough and not looking them at uh, as foes, but actually looking them as friends. Um, But it was really popular. But networking was a huge one, going out to conferences, connecting with other people, going, you know, joining masterminds uh, and going to conferences uh, was, uh, I think, a quick uh, number two behind the uh, taking on the wrong owners.
0: So let's do one more. What do you think yeah. would be the number three? Um, it was
1: probably inventory acquisition. Um, it's just talking about how important a proactive and shameless. <laughs> this is a nice little plug for me, but um, you know, not having a proactive outbound approach of signing up new properties. Most people lob out one postcard a year. They talk to a couple of realtors, but they don't have a system in place of doing it. They don't have the sales funnel in place to do it like they do on the, the guest side. Again, they've focused all this time, money, and effort on their guest marketing um, and getting new guests. And then inventory acquisition takes a backseat. But again, it is the most powerful. Uh, and you know, the irony is most of the people that brought this up were the people that actually sold their business. And they saw how valuable these contracts were. Um, You know, it's not only from the ongoing revenue, but actually when they sold their business, because that's exactly they got a check for every one of those contracts. And Jacoby Olin, who works for C2, uh, President C2G Advisors, uh, the largest M&A firm in our industry, he did over 200 million dollars worth of mergers and acquisitions last year of short term vacation rental management companies. And he said that the average contract value came out to about thirty three thousand dollars per contract. Um, So these contracts are super valuable. You, You know, you can build net worth. Through just managing other properties, you don't need to do it through just um, you know owning the uh, inventory, owning the real estate. You can actually do it through mm-hmm. uh, managing contracts too, and those contracts are super valuable.
0: Yeah, yeah, great point. Uh, shout out to Jugobi; he was in our mastermind um, <clears throat> recently, and then great and then literally a, min- a month later, uh, one of our uh, mastermind members actually sold their company. Nice. So it was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, sweet. Awesome, Brooke. Uh, appreciate you uh, jumping yeah. on here. This uh, has been super valuable, uh, valuable content. Any any final words before we? Uh, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm really active on LinkedIn. So just again, my name is Brooke Fouts, uh, or you can just search for Ventory, V-I-N-T-O-R-Y. Our website is Vintory.com. Uh, or feel free if you want it, if you want that um, that infographic, you email me Brooke B-R-O-O-K-E at Ventory.com. Uh, And again, we are writing this uh, book, Uh, all proceeds go to charity. Um, You know, so it's, uh, if you want to get a kind of reserve a copy of it, it's vintory.com slash mistakes. And uh, you can fill out your information on there. You can get a free copy of the book, or if you want to buy it, it is going to be available on Kindle uh, and Amazon. Uh, And again, all proceeds go to uh, vacation rental advocacy uh, efforts uh, to kind of uh, helping uh, stop uh, banning vacation rentals, which is important to all of us
0: yeah very important um that's awesome i love that when is the book coming out
1: should be uh later on the summer so probably july of uh
0: 2023 awesome Sweet. So venture.com slash mistakes. Um, and by the way, I saw I saw that I saw one of your LinkedIn posts, actually. I didn't know you, you were doing 52 of them, but yeah. I'm going to take a look at uh, some of those other ones. So, um, Awesome. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining. Um, and uh, to the listeners, hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, we'll be back soon with another one. So see you then.
1: Thanks.
0: Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.